pray for us this morning. I'm also just going to be uh, praying for our Young Life uh, folks. Um, a lot of folks gone today. Young Life uh, has a weekend trip, a camp down uh, in the Table Rock Lake area, and uh, Jacob Kimball from our church is speaking there, and there's over 150 kids or so down there uh, from just our area, I mean, from a lot of other areas around Missouri and, and uh, you know, Oklahoma, Arkansas. So we're going to pray for them this morning um, and for the rest of our time here. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, um, man, first of all, just for the reminder in that song. Because I think as any time that we engage in this orphan conversation, Lord, we have to remember first that we were all orphans. God, that we were separated from you, estranged from our Father because of our sin. And Lord, you bridged the gap through your Son to make it possible for us to be in right relationship with you, to be adopted into your family, and to be called uh, son and daughter of the King. So every orphan conversation has to begin with, with me. And the the links that you went to uh, to bring me back into your family. Lord, we pray for our Young Life uh, leaders and kids that are um, getting ready to go into their last club right now for the weekend and hear the last message you're going to hear. Some of those kids are, are orphans still, God, just spiritually fatherless. And so we pray for Jacob as he shares the message and for the hearts of those kids to just be open and responsive to your great love story, Lord, of, of God, just the way you kind of broke into our world and made yourself known and made a way for us to be forgiven and to have uh, eternal life with you. So we pray just for blessing over that time. Pray this morning, God, that, um, that we would kind of set aside whatever it is we think we know already or maybe even what we've done already. And maybe we would just approach this with fresh ears to say, God, today... Uh, November 13th, 2016, what does this conversation have for me right now in this stage of my life? Whatever I might be going through, um, I pray that we would all just be open and responsive to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the things that we want to communicate this morning is that uh, sometimes this conversation comes into our lives at various different times. And so, uh, what we're going to do today is, is bring up some folks who are going to share some stories about how this orphan conversation has kind of intersected with their life. And, um, and so for us and my family, we already had three biological children um, when we went into the adoption con- uh, conversation. Uh, two of them were, were teenagers. We had one that was about 10 and, um, when we started talking about this. And so We were definitely in that phase where we had three self-sufficient children, one of which could drive, and we were entering into this new experience of like coming home and just doing what we wanted, going to a movie or a date if we wanted to, watching a game if I wanted to, and having some freedom, right? So uh, it was definitely a a change to bring a one-year-old into that place. In our life, but I also this morning, and this was actually Sam's idea, so props to Sam. Um, I'm going to have two of my my two oldest kids are going to come and share about what that was like to bring a one year old into their teenage life. And um, so, my son uh, Zach, and actually I think Kylie is going to go first, are going to come up and share a little bit. So, Kylie, come on up. Let's give her a round of applause.
There we go. All right. Um, yeah, so my name's Kylie. Um, we adopted my brother about a little over three years ago. We actually started the process like six and a half years ago, so it took us a while. But um, I'm just going to share with you some of that journey and how um, God spoke to me through that. So um, I still remember sitting at the dinner table. I remember it was June 21st, 2010, and hearing the news that we were going to adopt, which is something that we had talked about for a really long time. So I was really excited that my parents had finally sent in the paperwork, and we were getting that process started. Um, So immediately I was just filled with so much excitement, and um, I asked a million questions. I was asking, are we going to get a boy or a girl? Where would they be from? Um, How old will they be? When will we get them? And um, my parents asked us if we wanted a little brother or a sister, and we all agreed that we wanted a brother. And um, I know that just for a long time, we had kind of been, like, talking about this. I'd heard my parents talk about how um, important adoption was and um, just how we felt that there was still Um, a missing piece to our family, and we all believed that this little boy from Ethiopia would fill that gap. Um, So that was the summer before sixth grade, and I was 12 years old, and um, I remember once school started, it was all I talked about with my friends that entire year was um, how I couldn't wait to get my brother, and I'm pretty sure that filled about 90% of my conversation, because I thought it was going to come really fast. Um, But then sixth grade passed that year, and we still hadn't heard anything, and then seventh grade passed, and we still hadn't heard anything. All I knew was we were like a hundred and some on a waiting list. It seemed like it took a year for us to move one spot, but, um, and so it started to feel like it was never going to happen, and um, in the midst of all this, I was, I was a very, um, I worried about a lot of stuff during that time, because I just worried about um, how my family would pay for it, and um, if God would provide everything we needed. Um, But looking back, I can see how supportive our friends and family were in that way, and I know that we couldn't have done it with a lot of their help and a lot of their prayers through that whole process. And um, it also made me realize that when you're um, working for something that's so close to God's heart, that he will take care of you and bless you through that. Um, So finally, towards the end of eighth grade, uh, we got our referral, and um, I still remember the day that we got the call um, that we were going to get a little boy named Teraku Christian, and um, he was from uh, um, Ethiopia, and he was only about five months old at that time, Um, but we were just completely overjoyed, like everything that we had been praying for and waiting for was finally unfolding, and we could see that there was movement and that we were going to start to actually see these things start happening before us, and um, we are just so excited, and once you, are, you know his name and you see his face, you just want him here right now, so that made it even harder to um, have to wait for us to go over there and get him, but I was just so excited that um, I knew that he would be mine soon, and um, so we are so overjoyed about that. And so that triggered my excitement all over again. And so then we started thinking of names. Um, and I remember all of my family, including my grandparents, we were all um, arguing over whether we were going to keep his name, if we were going to change it, if we were going to give him two middle names and all that kind of stuff. I remember that conversation coming up a lot of times. Um, but one other memory that has stuck in my mind is we were um, at dinner one night at Red Lobster and with my family, and I suggested the name Xavier. I don't know why it popped into my head, but it did at that time, and everyone liked it, so it joined the list, and then um, we looked up what it meant later, and we found out that it means new home, and so that made it even more perfect, and um, just we started to think about more that 
that was what we were going to name him. Um, so the next fall, it was um, September 3rd, and we brought home Xavier Teraku. And um, I never would have guessed that this little boy would have such an impact on my life. Um, something that I learned through all of this that is that no matter where um, your family is in life, you always have room to bring someone else into your home. And um, it was sometimes strange when we thought about it. Kinsey was 12 years, I was 15 years, and Zach was 18 years older than Xavier um, when we got him. And uh, even that first year that we had him, I would get asked if I was his mom out in public, which was kind of strange considering he's very Ethiopian. But... um, (laughs) But it did happen a couple times. I remember seeing my mom's face when they asked her if she was the grandma. I was like, ooh, no, but all right. Um, um, so that was interesting. But um, So we all had this new responsibility in our lives, and um, we all helped to be as parents at one time or another. We all had our turns babysitting. And um, we could no longer just go home at night and chill, as my dad said, this is something we like to do with our busy lives, um, is just go home and rest at night. But we had this new child to take care of. And while that was hard sometimes, I've gotten to see firsthand my parents raise a child because I was too young, you know, whenever Kinsey was born to really understand um, what parenting was like because I was still being parented. Um, But... um, It was just so awesome to see how loving they are and what it truly means to be a mother for me, um, just to put her um, kids' needs in front of her own and um, just treat them with so much care and love. And that's been amazing to see them be parents to a young child and that example that's set before me. Um, So I feel that Xavier has completely unified my family and has helped me um, to have patience because if any of you met him, you know he's really crazy. He doesn't sit down for about longer than five minutes, but but most importantly, he's taught me how to love people in a new capacity and have a greater desire to care for the fatherless. Um, He truly was the missing piece to my family, and I'm so blessed that in God's timing, he brought such an amazing boy to complete us. So thank you for listening. And I'm going to bring up my brother, Zach, to talk. Thanks, Kylie. Yeah, like she said, my name is Zach. And um, I'm just going to talk to you guys a little bit about um, where I saw. Sorry, I folded this up. Yeah, set that on there. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about um, just where I saw and felt God during this adoption process. Um, And it really isn't organized or linear, so I'm going to be hitting a lot of different points, um, just where I felt God. Um, So first off, God just really showed me throughout the process that sometimes we have to be really patient to receive uh, what he has planned for us. And it it took three years, like Kylie said, from the time uh, we figured out we were going to be adopting to the time we actually got Xavier. Um, So just because something is taking longer than we expect, it doesn't mean God has a different plan. And sometimes we receive the most beautiful things if we're willing to wait. Um, Psalm 27:14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Um, God's also shown me that our obedience to him can lead to great blessings. My parents were obedient to the call, uh, call God gave them, and Xavier has been such a blessing to our family and brought us a lot closer together. Uh, Deuteronomy 5:33 says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Um, I also learned about being adopted into God's family, which is uh, uh, just a topic that we've talked a lot about here at church. 
uh, and it's just given me a, just a bigger heart for the fatherless and given me a desire to adopt uh, one day. I just think that's such an important thing to grasp is that uh, we're all in the same boat. We're all orphans without Christ, and we're adopted into God's family, and Xavier's in the same boat as me and the rest of my family and all of you. Um, so that's just been big, big for me to realize. Um, I've also, I also based my college decision um, just off of Xavier being in our family. Uh, I decided to stay closer and go to Northwest, uh, which I do not regret for one minute at all. Um, it's just been so fun just to come home fairly often and get to see him. Um, and just every time I walk through the door just to see that smile on his face, um, it's just, yeah, it's just meant the world. And I'm so, so uh, just blessed to have him. He just brings such a ton of joy to my life. And it's gotten me through a lot of hard days uh, by the love he shows me. And God's really shown me his goodness in these moments. Um, I've also had the opportunity, kind of like Kylie talked about, um, just to see firsthand how to raise a child. Uh, and I will use a lot of the things I've learned to raise my own children one day. Um, Xavier has been so good for our family in many ways. He's really taught us um, uh, just like how to sacrifice our time and be sacrificial. Um, kind of like they talked about, we can't couldn't really just go home and watch TV. We had to learn just how, yeah, just to be unselfish, sacrifice our time, and really just taught me how to, how to serve uh, my family with a loving heart. Um, and just, yeah, and just be able to bless my family by whatever, letting my parents go do something by watching Xavier or whatever uh, it may be. Um, and then just other fun stuff that I didn't expect our family to be able to do, especially me being 21, just stuff like going to the park with my family and stuff like uh, playing the game that we call jump over the poop on the trampoline. And, and that game involves pretending like we're jumping over burr poop and then singing, jump over the poop, hey. And we just go in circles around the trampoline for like 30 minutes. So uh, it's just stuff like that that's just like my favorite. Um, I just love that stuff. Um, so I just wanted, just to finish up, I kind of wanted just to share about that day Kylie talked about where we got the call um, that uh, they, had, they, had, they had the boy that we were going to be adopting. So I remember it being a snow day in February, and I remember my mom coming to wake me up at 9, and I think I remember that time because I think I planned on sleeping till noon, but I, I forgave her for it. It's all right. Um, the solo, um, so, yeah, she was on the phone. We went upstairs. Um, my whole family was up in the living room, and then she said she was on the phone, and they said, uh, she said that they had the, the boy that we were going to be adopting. And I remember just embracing my family, uh, tears coming down our face, just so, just so thankful and just celebrating uh, what God was doing uh, and just, yeah, just uh, celebrating that awesome day. And I remember friends coming over and family coming over later that night and just celebrating um, and just sharing stories. Um, and so it kind of just gave me this, this picture um, that the celebration we had when we found out that Xavier was the child we were adopting is what I imagine heaven being like when someone accepts Christ and is adopted into God's family. So thank you, guys. I feel so naked like our family stories have been exposed, <laughs> all of our secret trampoline games. Um, so that's kind of one picture, you know, of what it might look like for a family who feels like they're kind of done raising kids, and then God starts knocking on your door and pulling on your heart and, and uh, you know, takes you on a different path than you thought you were going to be on. The next couple that I want to introduce um, are Josh and Kelsey Davis. They, we've been kind of walking with their story now for several months. They've been in the adoption process. They're getting ready to go pick their boys up very soon, and they are uh, folks who um, are starting their family 
by adopting. And so I wanted to kind of get their perspective on that journey for them. So let's go ahead and bring them up as well. Well, adoption has always been on my wife's heart since she was a little kid. It's never been a question for her. It's just something that God placed in her in a very, very early age, which is not very typical for young girls to want to adopt, you know, starting her off the bat. Me, however, that was never really on my radar. Adoption was not really something that I ever really thought about. I wasn't against it. Um, But again, probably Annie is the most... uh, exposure I've ever had to like adoption the movie Annie so like that's that was kind of my perception of the adoption world was that and so uh it was real I yeah (laughs) yeah so once you actually get into this it's very eye-opening what the adoption world is like and so when I started we started dating in college she was probably my first window into the adoption world of what that truly was like and when we were dating, she pretty much gave me the ultimatum that if I was ever going to marry her, that she, I had to be okay with adoption, as if someday adopting a child. And so I had this really pretty girl. I'd snatched her up, so, you know, a guy's going to say anything to get her. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so, you know, I was never against it, and I figured, you know, that's something I'd, I mean, it sounds awesome. So, but, I, again, I really never got the picture of what that truly meant um, and the sacrifice that goes behind that. And so um, we got married. And then we've been married a couple years, and then we got into the conversation of starting a family. And um, it was weird that I didn't know it, but God had already been working in my heart and changing my perception and my heart of what adoption really means. And I always thought that I would have my own children first, and I didn't really even know what that meant when I used to say that. Um, But when I pictured my child, I pictured this blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy, and when I looked into his eyes, I saw a glimpse of myself. And (laughs) at a point... You know, that's just, you know, I feel that everybody feels like that. Um, And then over the years, my heart just kind of changed, and that became less and less important that I saw, you know, physical traits of myself. It was more important that when I look into the eyes of a child that I see the image of Christ. And it was weird. It wasn't like an overnight thing. It was just a gradual process of my heart began to change. And I work with a lot of kids in high school that, you know, aren't my own. But, you know, I want to take almost every single one of them home and <laughs> make them my own. And just and it was just day after day that perception changed and my heart changed. And all of a sudden, I was thinking about adopting first. <laughs> and so it wasn't really, we talked about it a little bit, but we didn't talk about it a lot because we knew it was something we'd eventually talk about. But I really didn't say anything to her because I knew once I said something to her about wanting to adopt, that there was no going back, that it was a done deal and it was going to happen. And so it was a day that we were just walking on the parkway, and then it was just kind of one of those rooms, and I said, Kelsey, I think I want to adopt. (laughs) And she just about hit the pavement when I said that, because it was totally out of left field, and I hadn't really shared this with her, how much the Lord had been working in my heart about how this was going to happen. And from that point, we started looking at adoption agencies. We were filling out applications. We were looking at different countries, and it was just, it was amazing where it took off from there. And so she's going to tell you kind of the process of what happened after that. Um, So many people have asked us, why Thailand? Why did we choose Thailand? Um, Like Josh said, from a really young age, from about the time of I was about 13, I knew that God was preparing me to adopt, and I knew he was preparing me, even at that young age, to be a mother to a child who I did not physically bear. Um, 
And so when I was younger, I was, I was praying and praying as a 14, 15-year-old, like, what is my adoption in my life going to look like? Is it going to be domestic? Is it going to be international? And I knew God was calling me um, internationally, and I felt very strongly that he was calling me to Asia. And so um, I had done some research um, on a few of the Asian countries, and last May of 2015, when we actually put in our application, um, I was only 25, and Josh was 26, um, and there are, only, there are not very many Asian countries who will let you adopt at that young of an age. Um, many of them are 30, um, a couple are 27, so we really had two options in Asia, and it was South Korea or Thailand. Um, and we prayed long and hard about it, and we talked to um, our adoption mentors about it, and we talked to our families about it, and we really felt like God was pulling us to Thailand. Um, So we did the process um, of the home study, which comes right after your application, and we were told that this process was going to take three years to even be matched. So from the time of application to even hearing who is waiting for us was supposed to take three years. So we applied in May, and we get a phone call from our agent that November, this past November. Um, And she called us, and we were like, why is our agent calling us? Like, we don't expect to hear from her forever. Like, we usually just talk to her through email. So I was like, Josh, Lindsay's calling us. And so we answered it, put her on speakerphone, and she was like, hey, guys. Like, it was really funny because she knew, like, this was going to be a very unexpected call to us. Um, And when we answered and we were talking to her, Um, She had just traveled to Thailand um, the week before, and she was there for two weeks. And she had gone to the orphanage where our boys are currently living, and she said, I met your sons. And she actually said those words, which is a very brave phrase for an adoption agent to say. Um, And she was like, I met these two boys. Um, The orphanage that the boys are in, they usually take babies who have been left at the hospital. Um, Our boys are their only abuse and neglect case so far that they have taken in. So our boys are very, very different from the types of children that they're used to dealing with. And so she was telling us that she met them. And originally, the orphanage director was planning on adopting them out separately. Um, The boys are biological brothers, um, but they had never met. And so they really didn't see the harm in giving them two different families um, because they believed with their abuse and neglect and trauma that they have been through, um, that one family couldn't provide enough love and stability for both of them. So Lindsay automatically had us in the back of her mind, and she was like, I have a family. If I have a family, will you let them be adopted together? And the orphanage director was like, well, present us with a family and we'll consider it. So then we got the phone call and we talked to Lindsay, and right after we got off the phone, she gave us these photos Photos, videos, and long reports um, of these two beautiful boys. Um, And immediately, I mean, it wasn't even 30 minutes later, we were at my parents' house, and then we zipped it over to Josh's parents' house, and we were talking to our brothers and our sisters, and we were like, we have to make this decision together as a family. There is no way that we can make this by ourselves. We need our whole army praying for us. And within 24 hours, we woke up the next morning, and I was in the bathroom getting ready, and... Josh just looked at me, and he was like, we got to say yes. Like, this is it. Um, We were planning on adopting a two-year-old. Our boys are seven and three. Um, And I really didn't think at, I'm 26 right now, and I really didn't think that it would be wise of me to adopt a child, an older child. Um, And both of our children are considered older children in the orphan world. Um, And 
God just presented us with them and just kind of has molded our hearts over the past few year or year over the past year of what adopting older children is going to be like. Um, I'm 26 and I'm going to have a seven-year-old and that's crazy, um, but so great. And so the question of adopting older children, like a lot of people ask us, why are you adopting older children? You're so young. And because God told us to, <laughs> I don't really don't know how to answer that in any other way. Um, you know, these boys were presented with us and the prayer was so strong, and the communication with Jesus was the greatest I have ever felt in my entire life during that 24 hours. Um, I literally felt like Jesus was sitting right here with his arm wrapped around me, like, this is what you're doing, and I'm going to do it with you. So that was kind of our, the way we decided um, to adopt our two boys. Um, so as I was saying earlier, that through this entire process, even before it, God was continuously changing my heart without me even knowing it. And so once we got this adoption process started, I can tell you right now who I am today is completely different than who I was two years ago. Um, I had always loved Jesus, and I've always known about Jesus. I'm a very logical person, and so I always knew a lot about the Bible and about Jesus. And, you know, and I, and I had a relationship with Jesus, but you know, like apologetics was always my kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I could prove Jesus in the Bible to you because there is historical evidence and there is archaeology and there is all this stuff that I can show you. Um, but I can tell you now that my spiritual side was severely lacking. Um, I would say that our faith has been tested over and over again. It's been so fun to step out just because we've had to step out in faith and trust that the Lord will take care of situations that we have absolutely no control over. And when you get to that point, it's just, it's amazing to see what God can do is that I will tell you that God exists and is alive because I've seen him move mountains in my own life. I can physically feel him in a way that I've never been able to feel before. <laughs> feel before. And so um, in my own personal relationship with uh, God, um, we write blog posts. And so I was kind of reading through them this morning, thinking about what I was going to say. And I was just like, you know, and, I, and I came across this couple paragraphs that I wrote, and I was like, this kind of hits exactly um, where I have become come in my relationship with the Lord, all because it's an adoption process. And what I wrote is that Kelsey and I repeatedly say that we've never seen the Lord move more in our lives than during this adoption process. It's been amazing to see God take the reins and lead this adventure. But I should add that I've never been taught and sculpted more as a man than I have in the last year. My understanding of the world and the gospel has deepened along with my personal relationship with my Heavenly Father. As a newly adopted father, I think I've gained a small glimpse of the emotion God feels for us as his adopted children and the pain he must feel from that separation. As much as Kelsey and I long for the day we get our boys, I never really thought about how much God must also hunger for the day when he comes and gets us. It makes me wonder if God feels the same about when he hears our prayers as I do when I get emails from our adoption agency. As amazing as prayer and worship is, how desperately he must crave to return to the level of intimacy he had with Adam and Eve. I can't even fathom what it would be like one day to not just experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, but also the Father and the Son at the same time to physically see and touch our Almighty God. And it's heartwarming to think that our God feels the exact same way about us. It also hasn't occurred to me that waiting, what waiting is like from the Lord's perspective. It has to be just as agonizing for him to wait until it's time for him to come get us. We've been at such a distance for such a long time compared to what we were created to be. He, was, he has all the power in the universe, and yet he continues to endure and wait. 
I can't imagine choosing to wait to go get our boys. There would have to be an extraordinarily good reason for us to do it voluntarily. This leads me to believe that God must have his own extraordinarily good reason to wait. Looking through all the scripture, waiting often results in being good things. There's lots of examples in the Bible. They all wait for different reasons, and none really understanding what they're waiting for, but all waiting produce something far greater than what they started with. And so, on a daily basis, I crave to be in the presence of the Lord. I mean, I said aside that time, but it's just, it's a feeling that I've never had before. And to have their perspective as an adopted father, that longing across oceans and seas, that distance between us, it's just, it's been mind-blowing to know that's exactly what God feels like for us. And so, and I can't even imagine what the homecomings be like the day that, you know, it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough, but just this whole process has been amazing. And the pain, that suffering that comes from it, as well as the joy and the joy and happiness, like we are ready for it. We're welcoming and we're looking forward to it. And it's not something I would have said a couple of years ago. Um, so we're leaving in a couple of weeks and I think my wife's going to kind of wrap this up. We leave in eight days. <laughs> So um, our, our mind is, like, all over the place. Josh and I are both teachers, so preparing six weeks of subplans has kind of been the most stressful thing I have ever done um, because we have, we have babies that we take care of in the classroom that we do consider our babies. Like, these are our loves, too, and so we've been trying to prep them to leave and then trying to think about our boys. Um, yesterday we bought a 25-pound bag of Thai rice so that we have plenty of rice for when they come home. Um, so, yeah, so we leave in eight days, and we are terrified, we are nervous, but we are so excited and so joyful at the same time. I think we have a picture of them. Do we have pictures of the boys? <laughs> That's our oldest. That's Graham. Um, he is seven. <laughs> and his smile lights up. And that's our youngest. That's Ike. <laughs> He's three. So we are, we are ready to embrace them in our family. And I'll also add, now that when I look at these pictures, they are every much mine as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy that I imagined a long time ago. Those are my boys. Band, you guys can go ahead and come back up and, and get ready to take us into the next section uh, of our time here. So, um, yeah, Chris, Chris is on baby duty. I know. Look at this. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Will you guys be here next Sunday? Yes? Okay, good. We'll make sure we'll remind to, to be praying for you guys as well through that time. Go ahead and stand up with us. We're going to worship a couple, couple more songs here. Um,